0: This is Party War Pro, the podcast, where surveyors tell you how they first started and how they've grown their business, making it easier for you to get to the top. Well, welcome to another episode of uh, Party War Pro, the podcast. Um, I'm very excited to have uh, Nikki Major with me, my first female guest. Mm. Very exciting. Um, So, yeah, Nikki Major, one of the um, equity partners at Scott Davidson, um, who started her career 20 years ago in Dorset yep. before coming over to London about, what was it, 12 years ago? Yep. Um, Nikki focuses her practice on high-end residential and was recently elected as a Fellow of the RICS. So how does that feel?
1: feels great. It feels really good. Um, I mean, uh, as you've sort of alluded to, there aren't that many female building surveyors which is my profession as well as a party wall surveyor mm. there aren't that many female surveyors out there and so to be elected as a fellow for me personally i i feel tremendous it's fantastic um it's a lot of hard work um but i'm glad i did it um not only just to feel good in myself but to to show a lot of um Male surveyors out there that actually women can do it. So, so I'm 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 quite chuffed with myself.
0: When you um, say h- hard work, how um, what do you actually need? Sorry, because I'm sorry, my ignorance. But what what do you need to do to in order to be elected as a fellow?
1: Okay, well they recently changed the application uh, beginning of last year, so I was on the cusp of the new of the new type. Right. But generally, what you have to do is you have to prove. Uh, I think it's five five subjects out of they give you a list of 20 and so you pick your five and obviously I specialize in uh, residential high-end party wall matters I also run my own practice so I can pick the five the five subject matters and then what you have to do you have to write um, only 800 words about the particular subject matter um, which is quite difficult when you've got to squeeze every pertinent issue in there Mm -hmm. And then you have to then um, uh, get a client or a colleague to say, yep, that's true, um, she's not lying, um, and I can verify that. So, so that's what you have to do. Um, it's quite difficult because, of course, you've got to find people who can verify that um, and, and choose them wisely. So I chose mm-hmm. a couple of fellows, and, uh, and, and that's what you have to do. It's, it sounds easy, but it's, it's not. It's, it's, quite, it's quite difficult.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, congratulations for that. Thank
1: you very much. Thank you. So,
0: um, one of the few um, women in the industry. Yes. How did you you decide to become a surveyor? How did you end up going to that line of work?
1: Well, it wasn't a decision, actually. It was, so very briefly, I did a very random set of A-levels. As you do, um, I didn't have I didn't have any clue as to what I wanted to do at school. We didn't really have careers advice, so I did a random set of A levels, and I thought, I have no idea what to do. Rather than then go to a- to do a four year degree in something, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I thought, well, I'll stay at home and I'll do a little HND course, but as part of that, I had to do work experience. Um, of whatever subject I chose. And it was literally a case of opening a prospectus of a polytechnic, as they were back then. Um, finger in the air, I'll do that course. And it happened to fall on building studies. Um, and as part of that, like I said, I had to do work experience. And a friend of a friend of a friend worked in a surveying practice and said, Well, come and do some experience with me. So I did. Happened to be in the right place at the right time. The assistant building surveyor at the time had left. I was thoroughly enjoying my work experience and they offered me a position. On the basis, I did my building surveying degree by way of distance learning um, Mm -hmm. and thereafter then become chartered. So, So that's what I did. I mean, back then, building surveying was not that common. So only a few polytechnics did the course. Um, And living in Bournemouth, the nearest polytechnic, believe it or not, was London. So I didn't actually want to commute daily to London. Or it wouldn't have been daily, sorry. It would have been about twice a week. Um, So I did the distance learning course, which meant that you had to hold down a full-time job and then do about 20 or so hours a week study.
0: Yeah, all
1: right. So there we go. So it was all a random set of events that led me to building surveying.
0: And so so you said... On. sorry so you, you started doing doing more commercial work and then switched to residential
1: yes and- so well I did probably 70% commercial 30 percent residential back when I was training um, mm-hmm. and I mean in Bournemouth let's be honest residential houses in Bournemouth are, are, are a smattering of bungalows and, and and that's kind of it so not very interesting um so I'm a commercially trained surveyor with a residential bias back then then I decided to move to London bright lights and all of that excitement um an opportunity arose and I took the plunge went to London and fell in love with obviously the the London architecture and that's when I immersed myself in residential surveying
0: Uh,
1: so so yeah so I'm commercially trained but I I I know now know a lot about high-end residential in and around London.
0: So, is it is it a, a choice that people have to make from the start, residential versus commercial? Is there is there a skill set that is is different?
1: I don't think it's a a choice. I don't think you need to make a choice when you start out doing your degree. Obviously, you learn everything, um, but there is a vocational part of of your degree that you ought to immerse yourself in. But I don't think back then you need to make a a decision, um, for me it just happened to be uh, going with the flow, if you like. So so the, the multidisciplinary practice that I learned in did a bit of everything, and it just happened that they did more commercial. But um, I suppose the surveying of residential and commercial are completely different, um, especially from a construction point of view. So... So yes, you you then, I suppose, towards the beginning to middle of your career, you need to make a decision whether you're going to choose commercial or residential. Some surveyors do both, some surveyors do a bit of everything, um, which is great. Um, and, and building surveyors, you know, you can turn your hand to a lot of different disciplines. It just so happens that I happen to now be be a residential surveyor, but there's no reason why I can't go back and do commercial. Or even, I mean, sometimes I do a, a bit of commercial surveying now. I do some dilapidations, I do some offices in the West End. So, um, so yeah. I don't think it's a decision you make. I think it's a case of you have to sort of learn, not on the job, it's the wrong word, but, but evolve with the jobs that you, you yeah. take on. Yeah.
0: So, you came to London. Um, an opportunity arose, as you said. Um, your first client... Do you remember? In London. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It was. It was. <laughs> it was a mad. <laughs> it was a mad little lady, and she had, she had um, a damp problem, <laughs> and I was literally, day one, day one, I was literally taken to this property, uh, with one of my colleagues. Uh, he took me to the property, and he said, "Right, this is you know, the client. Um, she's got a basement. It's very, very damp." I'll, I'll see you later. Goodbye. So so with, with that lady, she was lovely. So we had to sort out the party wall issues, obviously with chemical injecting a damp proof course, um, sourcing um, c- uh, quotes, getting the damp specialists in, and dealing with a little mad lady. So that was my very first client. And then I had some funny party wall surveyors on the other side who thought, oh, there's a little girl. You know, we, we don't like women. Uh, <laughs> We'll make her life hell, and uh, but it was a, it was a quick learning curve.
0: <laughs> All right.
1: But bear, bearing in mind, I suppose I came from an associate director back in my previous job. I did have a lot of um, uh, uh, practice in dealing with difficult people, so so it wasn't so bad. But yeah, little 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 mad lady in Pimlico, as it happens.
0: <laughs> so you, you so you joined Scott Davidson from a. Another firm where you were an associate director already?
1: Yes, yes. So,
0: meaning you, you ha- already had a practice that you then brought to Scott Davidson? How does that work?
1: No, what happened was, um, previous to Scott Davidson, I was with um, what I call the big boys, so large commercial multidisciplinary practices. Um, uh, I was with, uh, briefly, um, a big firm in the West End, um, though when I joined them, it was more of a stepping stone, to be honest. But previous to that, I was with large multidisciplinary practices, working my way up the ranks. So from, you know, assistant surveyor to building surveyor to senior surveyor, then associate director. Um, but I found moving from Dorset area into London, you have to take a bit of a uh, a drop in your position to get into London, until they, if you like, trust you, uh, prove your prove prove your worth, and then um, again work your way up the ranks. So yes, yeah, so I joined at having been in fairly senior positions before in in the commercial practice.
0: And and so uh, that's actually quite interesting. So so the the kind of the big boys versus um, niche or high street firms. What's the if you were to recommend a newbie to follow a certain path, what would you say?
1: Um, so, uh, a newbie having, ju- let's say the newbie having just uh, become chartered, I would say join the big boys because they will give you the broad experience that you need to uh, for, as your foundation. Um, So the big boys will do every single discipline that a building surveyor will do from landlord and tenant issues, dilapidations, construction, design, Mm. build, specification and party walls, um, rights of light, boundaries. They'll do everything. So as a newbie, recently graduated um, and recently chartered, I would say join the big boys. Get that experience under your belt. Yes, it's going to be hard work. Yes, it's going to be daunting. Yes, you're going to be scared. But it will. It did me the world of good to be thrown in the deep end because you don't half learn quickly. Um, and even for someone who's recently graduated, who's, who's doing their APC, the Assessment of Professional Competence, which is the two-year uh, assessment you have to do to become chartered, I would always say join the big boys. They can give you that broad depth of experience every time. Only when you know you've got five, six, seven years post-qualification education, PQE, then then you can think, right, <clears throat> to make money, what can I do? I mean, let's be honest, it's all about of making money and enjoying your job. Um, then you can then start to think about niche practices. But always, as a new graduate, even a new chartered surveyor, join the big boys, definitely.
0: Okay, that's, that's good advice. Um, so, jumping back to what you were saying before, so you joined Scott Davidson, so... You started your practice then from scratch at Scott Davidson.
1: I joined Scott Davidson, and Scott Davidson had um, was um, uh, up and running in the eighties. So it was started a practice in the eighties, and I joined um, Nick Scott, the Scott, the Scott Davidson. Mister mm-hmm. uh, Davidson wasn't around; he'd left, and then I also joined Mike. Mike had been there for fifteen years at the time, so. I had joined a small niche practice that had a good reputation. Um, So I was very lucky um, to to join this practice. And, and, you know, they said, come join us on the basis that, you know, if you do well, you know, there is a future for you here. In other words, you know, you you will become partner eventually. Mm. Um, It was very daunting, I have to say, because they made it clear that, whilst we are a very good practice with a very good reputation, we are expecting you to either A, bring clients with you or B, um, generate your own clients. Um, And having never done that before, obviously the big boys, you simply get given work, you do this or not. (laughs) Um, To generate your own business, clients, customers, it's very daunting, especially having to be told, having been told, You've got to get out there and network. I mean, that was horrendous. And I still find it horrendous. It's, I don't like networking, but you have to do it if you're going to get business. It's simple as that. So, so, yeah, when I joined Scott Davidson, it was like completely different, completely different.
0: So that's very interesting. So where do you start? Where did you start when you were told, okay, you've got to bring in some clients? <laughs> what was the first thing you did?
1: Got a coffee. <laughs> <laughs> No joking so i uh, I mean I was given some clients, obviously yeah uh, you know, I, I got the, uh, the the jobs that nobody else wanted, let's be honest, you know <laughs> you know here, here's the mad woman in Pimlico, for example, nobody wants her, <laughs> so you can you can deal with her um, so but you make the most of what you get given, and so I thought, right, okay, well, what I'll do, I will do the best I can with the clients that I'm given. When, for example, I do a party wall job, I make sure I am uber-efficient with the other party wall surveyors. I get my name out there with the other surveyors so they know who I am. Mm-hmm. And in terms of building up clients, customers, business, if, for example, I go and collect some keys from an estate agent, I make sure I give a, leave a business card, I make sure I meet the estate agent in question, um, have a good chat with them, give some personality, and just make sure that they know who I am. And so I work the clients that I'm given. And then I keep in contact. Keep in contact. And then eventually, bit by bit by bit, they'll remember you. And they'll say, I remember Nikki. She was the one that said hello. and She was the one that spoke to me. Um, mm. She was the efficient one. And eventually, you will then pick up clients. Word of mouth, repeat business recommendations. Yeah. Um, and, and and that's and that's how I started from from the, the the bottom of the of the pile and you just keep on at it, keep working, keep working, keep working. Um get out there, make sure people remember you, send them an email afterwards, say, Remember me, we met the other day at so and so and just make a pain of yourself until they think, Oh, let's give her a, a referral, shut her up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um but uh, no, I, I have to say that I remember because we met we met at a, a PNT lunch a while ago now, and I remember I was sitting next to you and um, you've got this energy about you that, that people will remember you so, so I, I guess it, it, it works, um, but it, in in terms of so because you, you mentioned networking before, any particular events that you you know do you have to go to um, to you know to start showing your face somewhere or.
1: Yes, I mean, there are these business forums. Um, I mean, there is a forum called Women in Property. And um, so, you know, I started off going to a couple of those forums, Women in Property. Um, and um, I, I met a few people there, left on business cards, other things. The RICS do a lot of events, mainly that's surveyor esque. So you, go, you get surveyors there, not many um, clients. Um, solicitors tend to have drinks evenings and things that you sort of get your yourself invited to you have to be invited you can't just turn up they're very good because you get to meet other other solicitors um, builders architects things like that Um, and it's just basically um, uh, making sure that you are aware of of what's going on Um, estate agents particularly around Christmas time do cocktails in their offices, uh, their shops, so you, mm. know, you go along, um, that that kind of thing. And also what I tend to do as well is, I mean, I think long gone in the day when you can have a long, boozy lunch with the client. I and mean, people, unfortunately, I remember back in the day on a Friday, you didn't go back to work after lunch, you know. <laughs> um, unfortunately, people don't work that way anymore. Some do, but most don't. So I find... You know, a meeting for a light lunch. Um, I, I hand pick a couple of solicitors, a couple of agents. Meeting for coffee, mm. um, that sort of thing. But I realise I've digressed now from the going to these forums.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. But it's it's uh, it's so it's a long it's a long process. There's no there's no real shortcut, is there?
1: No, no. And this is why I keep telling my colleague Patrick in the office. I mean, he joined us a couple of years ago. And, and he's desperate to to, to get a, a good client base. Mm. And I say to him, I said, look, I've been here for 12 years, and I said, and it's, it's, it started happening for me a couple of years ago, and that, so that was 10 years ago. I said, it's, it's a long, long, hard process, dogged determination, mm. and you just got to keep at it, keep at it, keep at it. But the minute you stop, people will forget about you, because we just do, don't we? You know, people forget. Yeah. yeah. So it's a long, long process. There isn't a short, sharp Solution. I mean, some there are a couple of certain practices that I know who the principals are retiring, and so they have approached us and said, "Look, we're retiring. Do you want to buy uh, the business?" And I say to them, "Well, but it's all about goodwill. People go to you, Mister X, not your practice. Um, So you can't you can't buy that. Mm -hmm. Uh, When you retire, yes, naturally they will go elsewhere." Um, but you can't just buy a practice and pick off or take off from where they they left off. It just doesn't work that way.
0: Yeah, you need a transition period.
1: Transition period and also you, people have to trust you. But it's, yeah, going back to what you've said, it's a long process.
0: Mm. And so in terms of um, party war work, so how much of your practice is is focusing on, on party war work?
1: Um, it depends on the state of the economy, to be honest. When, um, <laughs> yeah... Uh, we won't talk politics. Um, before things happened, um, we, most of our, well, I'd probably say 65% of our business was building surveys on the residential high end for for purchases, people buying property, and and then the rest party will work. Um, post certain events, things have changed because there aren't many transactions happening, So we are now able to turn our attention to party wall work. So now I would say 75% of our business is party wall work at the moment, at the moment. Um, But we're able, because we're small and dynamic, we're able to to fluctuate between the building surveys and the party wall work. But that is all we do, building surveys and party wall work.
0: Yeah, yeah. And so so party wall work, is that kind of as a result of your existing relationships? Or is it is it a part of the business that you can actually focus on developing, i.e. Bit,
1: bit of both, bit of both. I have a lot of good relation, uh, good relations with a lot of architects um, and a lot of builders, and it's those who mainly who recommend us as the party wall surveyor or appoint us party wall surveyor. So they're the existing relationships. And then then from those jobs, you can then work it and, for example, meet the builder. If you were referred by the architect, you make sure you meet the builder who may recommend you for his next job. Um, And then so it continues. You may strike a good relationship with the surveyor for the next door property. Under the Act, um, there is a mechanism whereby surveyors can appoint you if the owners don't appoint their own surveyor. So if you get in with another surveyor, you might receive further appointments from them. Yeah. So I think it's as a foothold, it's working with what you've got and expanding with what you've got. Um, and then, and, and the architects are funny fish, actually. They they have their preferred surveyor and they won't deviate unless you prove yourself. So so it's always good to start from someone you know, rather than go in cold.
0: Yeah. All right. So, so yeah, if you, um, if you want to start a party wall practice, the best way to start is try and get some architects to get you some work or what?
1: Absolutely. So I would say someone starting from scratch a practice, get a friendly builder. Um, how you get a friendly builder, I have no idea, but somehow you get a friendly builder, find a (laughs) friendly architect um it might, it might even be cold calling, popping into the office, dropping by a building site, yeah. something like that. I know it's difficult. I I hate doing it, but it's the only way to start. So get on board with a builder and an architect and say to them, look, give me a chance. You know, this is what I can do for you. Um perhaps you know, reduce your fee to begin with and make sure you do a, a, a you know a really good job, and and then you know, they will then recommend you for other jobs. But start with a friendly builder, friendly architect, and and you know, and hopefully you should uh, you should you should be okay.
0: Yeah, that's great practical advice. Um, and so the work, party war work itself. Um, yeah. What do you enjoy about it?
1: <laughs> okay. Oh. Uh,
0: or what I... do you dislike about it?
1: <laughs> party will work and, and and this is no secret all surveyors all, all good surveyors are in agreement party will work has changed massively over the last five years or so it used to be enjoyable it used to be a case of uh, i mean go, going back a bit uh, i mean not many people know this and i'll i'll explain party or surveyors are we don't have clients um Once somebody appoints us, whether it's the neighbour or the person doing the work, the adjoining owner or the building owner, once they appoint us, we then can't be disinstructed because we're appointed by statute. Mm -hmm. So the law appoints us. So we work for the wall, if you like. Um, Not many people are aware of that. and, um, And so we are impartial. So we can't then... Uh, start arguing with the other surveyor for the next door neighbour because we're meant to be the same. We're meant to be singing from the same hymn sheet. So five or so years, you know, previous, um, that's exactly what surveyors used to do. We used to meet up. We used to agree what works needs to be done. um, Did the schedule of condition. You know, we were both very friendly, very happy. Singing from the same hymn sheet. Brilliant. Resolved everything. Produced the award. Work started. Nowadays... And I don't know what. Well, I have an idea why, but I won't say. Um, so many surveyors think it's them versus you. You know, let's see what I can get away with. Let's see what we can what we can get for you, Mr. Client. Oh, sorry, you're not my client. You're my owner. So, and that makes it very contentious, very uh, confrontational. And most surveyors don't like confrontation. That's why we're surveyors because we like buildings who don't talk back. <laughs> Um, so it's become very, very confrontational and, um, very difficult, especially with basements. Um, personally, I think basements are fine. So long as they're designed correctly, um, they're absolutely fine. But a lot of surveyors think they're, you know, the devil incarnate and you shouldn't have a basement. Um, and therefore they want to make your life as difficult as possible. So unfortunately, party wall work at the moment is, is quite confrontational very difficult, and um, and with it, fees are going up and up and up and up, mm. despite despite the Act saying fees have to be reasonable, it's an enabling Act, building owners are allowed to develop their land, develop their buildings, but still adjoining owners, probably with advice from their party or surveyors, think that they're not allowed to develop their land. You know, who do they think they are? So, So it's not as enjoyable as it used to be. Having said that, there are still a lot of what I call old school particle surveyors who are very professional, know what they're doing. And, and it's those jobs that are very, um, uh, very nice and easy and satisf- you get a lot of satisfaction. I mean, I like it when when a, a big stack of awards lands on my desk and I can sign the awards, send them off with my fee account. <laughs> yeah. So. So, uh, so yeah. So it's not as nice as it is, as it once was, and I think that the act does need to be updated. I mean, it only came about in nineteen ninety six. It took over the London Building Acts, but I think the act needs to be updated to to, to quash a lot of this unnecessary aggression and me versus you. So, All yeah. right,
0: I would I would actually really love to hear what. What reasons do um, you think this actually started this confrontational approach more? Um, is it just a general attitude of people? Or
1: um, <laughs> it's, I think. Or breed. I think um, basement, I mean, basements have always been dug for many, 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 many years. Um, but I think the, the, the press, having got hold of a couple of. Incidents involving basements—I um, won't mention any—and um, I think the press have decided to focus on basements, saying that they're the worst thing ever. Look, they cause houses to collapse. Okay, one or two houses have suffered some damage that have been in the news, but they are in the minority. So I think the press hasn't helped.
0: Hmm.
1: I think the other thing is that you don't have to be qualified to be a party wall surveyor. Anyone can be a party war surveyor, anyone, unlike a building surveyor where you ought to be chartered. Um, so there is no governing body um, uh, governing party war surveyor, so anyone can. And I think a lot of people have decided to become party war surveyors and they don't really understand the Act. They don't really understand the Act is an enabling Act, you don't have a client, you have an appointing owner, that is it. So I think a combination of people who don't, who are new to party war surveying, don't understand the act, and I think all the hype surrounding basements—that I think that's probably, you know, a lot to do with it. Um, to be honest, so I think there ought to be a body that that ought to be put in place that you ought, that you have to to, to monitor party water surveyors, and you have to be a member of. I mean, there are two clubs well, the two predominant clubs at the moment, Pyramus and Thisbe, as you know, mm-hmm. then the Faculty of Party Wall Surveyors. That's a relatively new-ish club. Um, and if you are a good Party Wall Surveyor, you will be a member of, of either both or one. Um, and that's good, especially the faculty, because the faculty, you have to sit and interview, you have to answer questions and things like that. All
0: right. Okay. All right. So it's a stamp, yeah, it's a stamp of approval. So for any, any owner who wants to appoint a party wall surveyor has to um, try to see if there's a stamp of P&D or the faculty on there. All
1: right. Yes, absolutely.
0: And so in terms of the day-to-day party war work, I'm yep. conscious we it's been half an hour already. Um, tools that you use, obviously I need to bring that up. Any Anything to make your life easier that you use?
1: I would love a machine, if you can invent one, that will do a schedule of condition, take the photographs, print it on the paper, and have everything in order. I, schedules of condition for every part of surveyor are dreadful. I mean, they take forever to do. What you're doing, you're, you're, usually you dictate into your dictaphone. There is a crack to the left of the window. Take a photo. Brilliant. There is a crack to the right of the window. Take a photo. Brilliant. But invariably what would happen is and you get back to the office, your secretary can't understand the dictation, so you get all sorts of funny words. Then you look at your photographs and it's a sea of white walls with no cracks because, of course, the camera doesn't really pick up a little crack on a white wall. So you're looking at your photos, you're looking at the word, and you think, oh, my goodness, this is going to take me weeks now to try and resolve what, what on earth have I done. So if you can invent something that will do schedules of condition, put the photos with the text and spit it out the other end, brilliant.
0: Okay, done. <laughs> um, um who should I interview next? Last question.
1: Architects. Oh. I interview an architect from a party war perspective, because they invariably um they have the initial contact with the person who wants to do the work. Mm-hmm. Um, so they get to speak to the, let's call them a client, because they are a client for the architect. Yeah. They to speak to their client direct, and they understand the client. And then it's the architect, in, these, in some situations, who then picks the party wall surveyor. So I'd be interested to know what an architect looks for in a party wall surveyor, and what an architect expects from a party wall surveyor. Yeah. That will be interesting.
0: Very good point. Yeah, yeah. I like that.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, I'll drop you a line to ask if you have any anyone that you can introduce me to.
1: I do.
0: <laughs> I'm sure <laughs> you do. <laughs> um, Nikki, thank you so much. Thank you so much. No problem. It's great, great chat. And uh, I hope I um I see you in person again soon.
1: Absolutely. All right. Well thank you very much.
0: And I- um and yeah, speak soon. Okay. Bye-bye then.